Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I'm talking about the man who changed the internet slash YouTube forever. It's Casey Neistat, or, or Casey Neistat, as he was always telling people to how to pronounce it and so I push forward that message uh, onto the internet to show that I've learned something over the years in terms of watching other people and their content. Casey was one of the creators that I first truly made me think, damn, maybe I could do YouTube. Maybe there's something to this game. Because originally back in 2006 when I first discovered it and when it first began, early, it was very, very early on, YouTube was fun. It was fun in games. It wasn't a business. It was a way to see content, to, to view it and to just have a bit of a laugh. And it, that, that's genuinely how it began with video game clips and animals doing silly things and human beings doing silly things. And we all just watched. And maybe there's one or two creators from the early days who, who had a general business that they could get in doing with comedy sketches or being able to do makeup tutorials or anyone who was one of the original uh, YouTubers from day one or you know even Philip DeFranco back then had any a, a quote-unquote uh, girl related segments within his news feeds that were getting in the clicks to be able to get that bait in but Casey Neistat changed the game forever in 2015 when he began his daily vlog and I was one of the many who watched that daily vlog and enjoyed it profusely he made normal life seem so exciting and so intriguing to every single person out there. He made New York a character, a person, a being. Something that I don't think anyone has ever done ever again since he stopped vlogging in around 2019, 2018 period of time. And I don't think anyone ever will. And I want this podcast to be... An applause, a dedication, a revolution around why this man changed the YouTube game. First off, let's start with his equipment, something that everyone always asks about in all of his videos. What are you recording on? I remember when I was watching, I was one of those people who was thinking to myself, why is this so sharp? Why is this so good? Maybe it's the quality of the camera. Camera? Camera? Camera that he's recording on. Um, all right, Mike Tyson. What he's recording on could have been many of the reasons, but actually it was the technique. It was the movie making behind it because he was recording on high quality, you know, equipment. You know, the Canon 50D, I believe at the time it was around two grand or two thousand dollars or two thousand pounds, wherever you're listening to this from. And obviously, when I first started listening to watching his videos, I was I think I was 19 at the time, so I couldn't afford that. I was a, I was an apprentice. I was on an apprentice's wage. I think I was making £14,000 a year at that time. So, And uh, there was no way I was going to be able to afford equipment of that high quality. However, I could afford a point-and-shoot. A point-and-shoot camera. And I remember recording some of my first videos back then uh, with that because of Casey. Casey made it seem that every moment was an opportunity to be able to see something new. Casey's way of filmmaking, using the landscape as a way to time lapse and having it begin the story, begin the day, and have you intrigued because the music in the background was a light touch. It wasn't too much. It was there, but it wasn't there. It was a character, but it wasn't a character. <laughs> 
and I loved that because it was positive. A lot of it was very much uh, life draining for Casey, obviously, because he was recording every moment of every day. But what he was doing was a, an inspiring a generation of vloggers on the internet. Sadly, it feels like a lot of people have bastardized the actual what he created. And it feels like the version has been diluted down into not what he originally envisioned. Very much so, probably how Joe Rogan feels about the podcasting scene. <laughs> He's looked at it and thought, dear God, what have I created? Four million podcasters now out there. And the same with Casey in the same same way he did it back in 2015, 2016, 2017 and 2018 to, to some extent. The history of his vlogging started in the heart of New York City, in the heart of Manhattan, in downtown Chinatown, which I visited back in 2016 and, and met Casey back then. And one of the things that I believe everyone related to in that period of time was that Casey was a down-to-earth person. He was one of everyone else. He had this relatability. He wanted to work hard. He wanted to build a business. And he took us along for the ride. And at the same time, he was giving us a little bit of a taster into the sweet life. Because as we went further down the rabbit hole of his vlogs, we went into first-class lounges. Oh my god. Snacks? Writing kit? Flights to different continents, uh, going to events that we wouldn't get clearance to. And we were seeing it through his camera. We'd see it there. And we would have interactions with people we would never have interactions before in our lives. He created a world that wasn't accessible. And this is what he has, that special something, because he'd already created the very existence of this environment before he'd even turned on the camera. Because it was his ability to access this world that made his vlogs so important. I'm not going to explain the importance of his vlogs because I think everyone knows how impactful he is. But what I am getting into is the, the very finite detail that really shows why he was successful. He created something that was already there for him. He'd already had um, the nice step sort of series that was on HBO, and that had allowed him to gain some sort of fame. He'd also had multiple films played at the Sundance Film Festival and other smaller uh, independent film festivals that allowed him to show his, I would say, his film style that would eventually show up on the vlogs. He utilised his ability to take all of the learning that he had in his previous experience as a filmmaker to these video vlogs and I think that's the difference I think this is the key here Casey is a filmmaker but the majority of people on YouTube aren't filmmakers they're YouTubers and this is the difference in content it doesn't matter how hard some of these YouTubers will try I don't think they'll ever get to that quality and I don't want to be Deb Mr. Debbie Downer here but that that will be the case for the while because here's the thing, some people have just got that knack, but Casey worked at it as well. So he has this knack, this eye for building a story from, you know, you had the start, you'd be at the airport with him, you'd be traveling somewhere, you'd be back at the airport again, play the clip. Back at the airport. And then 
you'd you'd be there with him and you'd be like right we're starting at the airport we're getting on the plane with him we're we're driving us crazy because we're like why are you not two hours early to the airport man this is not how you function as a normal human being being like five minutes before boarding ah! um and and the ocd person in me who's who's like arriving at the airport three hours early to just chill relax and know the fact that i'm gonna be at the uh, on the plane on the time watching that for me was was stressful and so when you see someone else who who's lived their life clearly on the edge clearly to this point it's fascinating and so that was the beginning you'd begin you'd get on the flight the middle would be his interaction with the event so he'd either be doing some speaking talk we'd never really need to see the speaking talk because we knew he'd be it would be placed on some other channel viewership and we didn't really people don't want to click out of a video to go see another video they want the continuation and he did something extremely smart he kept his videos at a 10 minute length and here's the beauty of it if you look and for those who don't create youtube videos or who don't create any sort of video you won't know that the average viewership the sweet point for most youtubers is six minutes you'll find the fall off point will be as at the six minute mark people's in like their concentration on your content is lost after six minutes now casey did something extremely smart you can tell within his videos is that once you get past the first minute he keeps keeps you interested tells you what you're going to do in the day what the plan is give you a little bit to fish you in to get you in and then he knows he's going to try and work you all the way to the 10 minute mark and he's going to give you something and if it's not bang 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 with content he knows it's not going to be worth uploading and this is why he had hit after hit after hit after hit because he was utilizing moments events and interesting places look at his snow video his video where he snowboarded around new york that was a hit before it was even filmed he'd already prepared for it multiple times he had it in his head i know exactly what he's talking about when he says he has an idea he just needs to be able to execute it they just come to you for me it, it's so funny when he talks about how if he's on a run or if he's on a walk some ideas just come to you and you just have to execute them and sometimes you can't and you have it in your mind you know how how you're going to do it some of my videos come to it, like the uh, one of the lo-fi videos that got 11k on my channel. Like that wasn't put together. I just had an idea, a general gist of what I was going to go for, and I I now can relate to him on this scale, not to his scale obviously, but to to the extent where you're like, ah, right, I've got an idea, and I, I'm going to try and plan it out, and I'm going to execute it within some manner. And he did the same with the snow snow one. He tried it four different times before it became a successful video. And that's that's it right there. Try and try again until you know Lambertum Lions basically in this case. And Casey was that sort of person. He was willing to to risk it all basically uh, on the basis that he was going to make some extremely good content. And I emphasize again that his ability to do so is based off his understanding of filmmaking, beginning, middle, end, having a interesting storyline is everything he also highlights the fact that you can't just have ah there's a nice little uh what you would call a time lapse in the video for no reason it has to be be a joint 
between the storyline. It has to be a movement of the story. It has to move it in. It's something that I've only come to understand now at the age of 26. Like this is this is huge. These these understandings. And when you're first listening to Casey, you're like, "What are you talking about? It's just a beautiful timeline. I can put it in time lapse. I can, I can put it anywhere. It'll look great." No filmmaking in this case where he's explaining it i believe he's got his own class that he sells online on on how he films if you go through his content and if you are a fan you will fully understand that he has got a structure that he applies in the edit but also within his mind when he's filming and i I think it's very hard for the viewer to understand this unless they've done it themselves. And, and and until you do film your first video, until you do find yourself implementing ideas and them getting success from them, it's very understandable why Casey's vlog became huge. If you look at his videos now, it's um I think the worst like viewership I say worst, quote unquote worst, um his whole one of his videos is the entirety of my channel times two thousand percent, whatever it is, but one of his like lower videos would be two million you know and that's one of the vlogs this is it he created obviously it's unsustainable but he created a genre and by creating a genre before the obviously the vlog existed but before that before he had this all there was was people documenting their life with a point and shoots there was no time lapses there was no uh over over like over music or uh commentary over certain events there was just like oh this is happening this is interesting this is you know you can point it down to uh fun for louis ben brown i i forgot his name he's the bassist from charlie oh god it's gonna kill me charles treppy got it there we go never was gonna forget charles again these original vloggers completely changed how they did their job after seeing Casey. Ben Brown was one of the, co you know, he saw that happen and you can see the change, the transition. So did Louis. They all had to change because it wasn't good enough. Casey was putting out movies every day. And this is the genius behind it. He was putting out high quality film. Now this is why people were saying, why, what, why, how are you filming this? They want to know the, the equipment because they think they can create that high content just based off that now having a nice camera is great beautiful you know you can see my jawline you can see my skin better because of the camera that i'm filming on now 1080p fantastic it also films in 4k but what is the point of putting 4k on on youtube at the moment until there's better bandwidth for everyone across the world there's not really much of a point unless you're filming something magnifique and if that is the case, you're looking at some delicious dessert or an amazing time lapse that p perhaps requires that. But apart from that, is there really much of a point in putting it in that format? And this is the point here is that Casey highlighted this. It was his filming style that lured us in. It was not what he was filming on. So I've talked generally about his, his channel how it affected me more than anything else is I wouldn't have started running if it wasn't for Casey. Now, for those who do know me, you'll know I'm a running maniac. Now, I've got something like five to six to seven thousand miles on the clock. Something crazy. I think it's even over, uh, even more over that because I've been doing it for since 2015, 2014. And it, you know what? I think I'm going to stick with 
2015. So seven years or so, seven years. April 2015 was when his vlogs came out. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, here's a guy who is able to function, not only function, but function effectively with a full-time job, running and then weightlifting and seeing the family. Now, I didn't work out weightlifting until 2018. I thought, oh yeah, he's just running. That's not the case. He was also weightlifting in the evenings. So you have to have that in there as well. But he didn't really highlight that. That was more of a side uh, thing that he did. His utilization of time is combined with the running. It wasn't just run, work, go home, see the kids. It was get emails done at 5 a.m. in the morning. Go for a run. Do an eight hour, day, eight hour shift at work. Come home, see the family get to the gym afterwards, come home, relax for a couple of hours, sleep, rinse, repeat. And this, even with that time utilization, Casey still found segments without throughout his day to be able to film this and also be able to make it interesting. Starting at 7 a.m., I like to get in one, two, three hours of exercise. Okay, then I get home at 7 p.m. And that's when I do family time. So then starting at 10 p.m. when Candace goes to bed, that's usually when I edit this vlog. 1 a.m. I go to bed and that's when I sleep. And I sleep from 1 a.m. usually till about 5 a.m. And then I get up at 6 and from 6 to 7 is when I do email. So then that's sneaking in one more hour of work. It should inspire everyone out there to be able to say to themselves if he can do it with that time schedule i can do something as well and i really hope it, it gets to somebody out there because this is the the genius of casey Neistat is his making something that we would initially think oh that's not very interesting such as running extremely interesting and extremely exciteful his display of he he had a whole full full vlog called intensity right and it was revolving around how he'd crashed his moped and he's got a metal leg basically because of it and he that happened at 26 again very relatable there he it scared him so much that he wanted to prove the doctor who told him he'd never be able to run again by running by doing the very thing and that really res like re related to me sorry resonated with me on a big scale because I'd been told that my asthma would never allow me to run on a on a high scale and both him and I have proven the doctors wrong by doing so by going and doing the very thing they're telling you not to do you become the very thing that you don't think you can be a an athlete in some ways and that's what I looked at and I thought wow if he can do that then why can't I run a few miles this is the inspiration it wasn't just inspirational it was how he displayed running the events the marathons it wasn't just him running on his own it was him joining people creating a community being able to see the the mental clarity that he was getting he was being able to get a break from the family and at the same time come back stronger and want even more energy to be able to apply throughout the day i love that he talked about his, his combination of lack of sleep as well, that he utilized exercise as a way to be able to regain energy. This, this is a theory of mine, but I genuinely believe this. I think you can supplement sleep with exercise. What I literally mean by that is, 
say you sleep eight hours a night, if you took two of those hours and spent them exercising and only slept six hours, you would be less tired and in general feel better. It is just a theory though. Now I'm not for, for the whole sleep thing. I'm a big fan of sleep. I think eight hours a day is the minimum. And I think that if you are taking from sleep, you're creating a shorter life and you know allowing yourself for Alzheimer's later down the line. And you should not be doing that. But what I will say is that I understand his idea of having exercise as a way to buzz you through the day. It's a big one. And I do believe that adding exercise and adding this mentality of lifting weights and running at the same time allows you to build your body to be able to help this up here. And if you watch the video intensity, you'll see that he talks about how it's just about getting your mind to be at the very best it can possibly be. And that everything else kind of falls to the wayside. And so that was one of the first videos I ever saw him do. And it, he, it doesn't even start with the running. It starts with him being in like a 7-Eleven uh, getting Jamba Juice from a bloody Jamba Juice machine, which I had never heard of in my life until I'd gone to America, which is crazy. And so there's, there's all these little details, right, going into stuff that you've never seen before. Seeing an American store or... Because I'm from the UK you don't see certain details. So for, for people who live in the US, they're all like, oh yeah, this is just normal. But for everyone else who's watching Casey's vlogs, you're into a new world. If you've never been to New York before, you have no idea what it's really like. Casey made New York seem like a paradise. And if I'm totally honest with you, it is in real life. If you're a visitor, if you're not living there, it is brilliant. I recommend to everyone to go to there because it's an amazing place. It's a jungle of concrete, but it's also got a, a, an environment of community and really amazing people, a fantastic public transport system. I really like the subway. I don't know. I don't care what Casey says about boosting board, boosted boards around the, the city. I actually really liked the subway when I, when I was there. And it's cheap and it's effective and you can get all over the place. Uh, and, and I understand why he runs around there, man, because it's just a... It's the perfect place to run. It's got every route you can. You can be running by the river, by the 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 waterfront. You can be running around Central Park. You can be running around all of the most famous parts of Manhattan. You can run to Brooklyn. You can run across all the bridges, the Williamsburg Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. You can run everywhere. So it's a, it's a runner's paradise. Uh, there in Mexico City and a couple of other places that I've run in are are insane. They're just built for running. They are gorgeous. And I think that's another thing that the Casey shows is that who thought before him of documenting a run, putting the camera down, stopping running, stop the stop the run, go back, pick the camera up, start again, do the, this process over and over again. Mile two. Across the room, I look to me. So you've got a collection of clips that you can use to be able to show this process of getting from one point to another and make it entertaining at the same time without losing the the viewer it is a format that people understand but they haven't been able to replicate and i'm really keen to see i think the only person who's been semi-successful by changing the vlogging scene was david dobrik and he's, he pushed it too far. It's funny, isn't it? 
that both David and and Casey, to an extent, got to the point where they couldn't continue it. Now, David's still doing his. I don't know, understand how he's been able to continue that after what he did and what happened, and I'm not going to get into details behind that, but it's very intriguing to see that both uh, found themselves in a sort of moot point where they couldn't continue. But Casey's running, he, he, you know, New York becoming a place of wonder and beauty and... Uh, a character in itself of all the people coming in making Marlon like the delivery man a part of the show ah, I can't come back without seeing you Marlon having these individuals with character with you know lovability in some way or another making them a movie star in themselves by doing these things making his studio a back cave of almost excitement of of seeing all the the things around it and the the interesting tools and things that he would do and the things he'd make making a you know a, a movable carpet to to film an Aladdin video on i mean all of these things making the boosted boards uh, chopping things apart opening packages with knives and, and it's, it's just it is a world that he built. He was a world builder, a storyteller, and he built this world out to the point where everyone wanted to know him. It's this beautiful thing of man going from relatively unknown, having some unique and what you would call niche filmmaking to making it applicable to the mainstream. And I've talked about this before on many podcasts, is that if you can make your product applicable to the or the main audience, the, the, the 80%, rather than going for something niche, you can actually make it just blow up out of there. Now, I'm not one to talk. I, I'm very niche in what I talk about. So it's it's sometimes it's only if you're looking to push it that extra bit forward but Casey did that and by doing the vlog he incorporated characters people events he made traveling look friggin awesome and it is awesome and that's the cool thing is like if if I hadn't watched his vlogs I don't think I'd have been as into traveling as I was now I'd gone to I hadn't even traveled yet for the first time I think by the time I'd watched his vlogs I was about to go to Australia and New Zealand for the first time so I'd never you know I was 19 never been anywhere and I saw this and I was like is that the real world is that really what's going on out there like that's crazy like that's madness how do you do that and how how do we see it it's a vision that I don't think anyone's ever seen before, making traveling look so quick and seamless and sometimes disruptive and sometimes uh, absolute mad, skating on skateboards through airports, like who would have thought of that, getting pizza from the local pizza place, going through uh, to get sweets from the bloody uh, lounges to be able to eat on the plane, all of these little details. All of these little things, like saying hello, hello to all of the stewardesses every time you get on, I, it also shows how polite he is to people, and that it, it's it's really likable when you see like, oh, that's he treats everyone the same. 
There's no, like, oh, you get treated this way, you get treated that way. It's just, I love that guy. You know, you hear that in all of his vlo vlogs. He just, like, every time he meets someone, it's like, I love that person. Like, it's it's so, you know, it's American in some ways because you don't hear that in Britain or any uh, the British vlogs. Like, I love that guy. No, it's, it's very cold in some ways or another. It's just like, ah, uh, what a dickhead. Like, <laughs> that's so, that's such a common thing. And I think that's why he, he reached the masses because he is an all-round good gentleman. And it's seen in the traveling, it's seen in the events that he goes to. He doesn't ever treat any of the people running these events lesser than him. He, even though he's the star of the show, it's there. It's being invited into these things. And I've, I, you know, I've spoken about this already, but being able to go to a new place that you've never been to before, through him and through his camera, you feel like you've sort of experienced it. You feel like you've been there. It's, it, it's almost... This is why I think the future can be in the metaverse in some ways. Because Casey built a world in the real world and we saw it through the internet, the metaverse almost. And people loved it because they weren't able to experience it themselves. And so by doing so, by seeing the running, by seeing Candace, by seeing the baby, by seeing the process of going and building Beam Up into this big company to be bought by cnn to then be sold off and for it to quote unquote become a failure even though he made loads of money off it and it's shutting down the application for it to become a subsidy of cnn and then to build up another company 368 to be a to be a media company for smaller youtubers to use the space and then that to not crash and burn but just like go off into the silence of the sunset and casey to move to los angeles and just basically quit the 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 vlog and and only make videos when he wants to and this is the thing he's built an audience up now to the point where it doesn't matter what he does he's always going to get that million views on his videos because he's built it the, to the point that people are fascinated people love it even people even love his vlogs in in los angeles where he's doing surfing where he's showing uh, what he's doing with his life, even though he's just seeing, you know, spending time with his kids, going surfing, running, and and that's it. And and watching TV, he makes some entertaining content by utilizing his filmmaking style, by using his personality, by introducing new people into his life, and and by attending events that make us all really want to live a, a more exciting lifestyle. And I think this is what really made him tick and made the YouTube scene explode even more with, with people who want to be in it, is how exciting it is. But, here's the but, and Casey said this, it does cannibalize your life. And I think that we all need to understand that, and this is, don't get me wrong, I've also thought about, hmm, if he can do it, maybe I could do it. And I think this is the wrong thought process, because you think, ah, Casey did it, and he built an absolute empire out of it. But it's so unique how he did it. So you need to find your own way of doing things, your own niche. And I think that's what Casey did. He, he turned a niche sort of filmmaking style into something that was beloved by the whole of YouTube. He's the man of YouTube. He's the face of success on YouTube in my eyes. I don't think anyone could ever criticize that man because he has just changed the platform. And his love for YouTube, his love for building movies 
that were going to be displayed on this platform. His bike lanes film, for instance, so simple, and yet it felt as if it was being produced on a high scale to show what injustice had been done to him in having been ticketed $50 for having not been in the bike lane, and then displaying that there was construction happening all over New York City, therefore forcing him outside of the bike lane. So simple and yet so effective. And I think this is it, taking a simple idea and getting it in your mind, for instance, in his case and in my case, when you run, when you're running, you're thinking of ideas and utilizing that time to be able to then say, right, I'm going to try this and see if it works. And if it doesn't, what have I lost? Nothing. You're just implementing it through the time that you have. Uh, and then him also, I haven't even talked about his glasses, like the fact that he, he created a character almost by having glasses on, a strange look to himself, having certain, like the massive camera, the skateboards, these details that built him out as a, a star in his own movie. His jackets, his journeys to do these things, to, to take, um, like, taking his skateboard to be fixed or, or buying a new laptop or opening packages. It wasn't just doing those things, it was the way they were done. And now, I, now I've gone through and explained something like this, and uh, if you're still listening, bravo. You deserve a random applause for listening to me natter on about Casey for this long. But nonetheless, I, I truly believe in what he did. I truly hope that Casey continues to, even if it's just like, when he can, continue to create the content that that is out there. And if you haven't gone and seen these vlogs, the, the series of 600 episodes or something crazy like that, some, it, it, three years of, of vlogging, you're going to be in for a ride, a roller coaster ride of genius, of absolute film prodigy. And I think that that's what he, he created. He created a world that is always accessible to everybody at all times. And we can always start from the beginning, like any good movie, watch it through to the end and savour the past as well as seeing the future and the present moving on much better for Casey. And hopefully he's in a much happier and healthier place than he was when he was doing a vlog every day, running a business, doing all these things, and then also having a family at the same time and so on. And it does show to you that you can only do so much with the time you're given without either burning relationships and or burning bridges with people or, or, or ruining a business or so on and so forth, but at the same time building some of the best art that's that's ever been created. No great artist is perfect and no great person is perfect. And this is the best thing about Casey is that his flaws were also some very, very attractive characteristics to the rest of the world. And he made it that way. And we will always remember him. And I'm talking about him like he's dead. He's not. He's still alive. He's, he's out there. He's kicking. But what is brilliant is the fact that we know that that format of vlogging or filmmaking is available to everybody. And that we can all take something to be inspire us to build our own platform and to build our own way of filmmaking and finding new ways to be able to build new content and create films instead of YouTube videos. So, let's end it there. 
I think I've covered a huge chunk of Casey. I feel like I could do three parts alone on Casey Neistat and only scratch the surface. So I hope you've enjoyed this nattering on podcast based on Casey Neistat. I hope I've given homage to the great creator. So this has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. If you haven't listened to or watched the podcast, though, I cannot recommend it enough.